The American Angus Association has a history of leading the beef industry, and that starts with their producer members stepping up to the plate. This November, seven cattlemen will vie for five seats on the board of directors. I'm Miranda Ryman with the Angus Journal team, and today I'll chat with Rob Adams of Adams Angus Farm about his candidacy. Well, why don't you just start off by telling me a little bit about yourself and your involvement in the Angus breed? Sure. Uh, I was, I guess you would say I was born in the Angus breed almost. I grew up here on a farm in southeast Alabama, small town of Union Springs. Uh, our farm was started in 1939 and uh, by my grandfather, and then my father carried it on. And uh, when I was a kid, we were a lot of row crops as well as cattle, registered cattle and commercial cattle. But with time, it has now grown to where it is strictly just a registered Angus cattle operation and some timber. Uh, and it has grown to a point we have about 200, 225 cows that we'll calve every year now. And, and we may increase that further as my son is back on the farm full time now as well. And, you know, so it's, it's really been an encouragement to me to get, you know, to, to go even further knowing that he is back here and trying to make a living at it. And, you know, uh, when I came back to the farm after college, the only time I've ever lived away from the farm was the four years I was at Auburn uh, studying animal science. And I came back to the farm after that and have lived here full time ever since. I have worked off the farm some during that time and uh, been in the investment and financial planning business for the last 35 years. But I've always been a large part of the farm. And, and I would say that my true passion in life has been the Angus cattle, you know. I'll go back and say I was even one of those kids growing up, you know, that I look forward to the Angus Journal coming every month. And that's, you know, I studied it about like the Bible at times, I think. And, uh, you know, truly that's where my passion has been. And I did have to work off the farm just because of circumstances here for years. But that's why I'm so excited that my son is back here full time. And, and maybe we can grow this thing into something that really can be uh an avenue for him to make a living and, and raise a family here as well. So that's kind of my, the short story. Right. Well, the Angus youth is probably a great segue into this next question, which is what does the Angus breed have going for it right now? Or what would you say are some of the biggest strengths of the breed and the association today? Oh, I mean, there's so many strengths of the association today, just in terms of size and scale and, and the data that we have on these cattle and, the work that we've put into them, uh, as you know, I mean, certified Angus beef has been a huge component of that going back in 1978 when that all began. And, and that's kind of how I feel about the associations. I feel like I grew up with the association as, as so many things have changed in my lifetime from AHIR just getting started, you know, early on and, and then, you know, the CAB program and all the EP. I mean, I, I grew up with EPDs as they came out and then all the DNA testing and everything. And we have taken every step along the way, tried to do everything that the association has made available to us over the years and take advantage of everything. And, you know, and that is one of the advantages is the association has been very progressive for the last 50 years in terms of what they've made available to us and what they've allowed us to do with, with these cattle and, and the data that we've generated and, and have available to us. In fact, I mean, I know your next question is going to probably be one of, you know, what are some of the issues and problems, you know, and sometimes 
the same things or the problems is there's so much information. It's hard, you know, at times to turn in all the weights and all the new scoring that you want us to give on hair shedding and docility and foot scores. And it's at times overwhelming, but at the same time, that's a huge advantage that we have as a breed going for us. And, you know, that's why we stand above the crowd and, and the cattle herd across America has turned black in my opinion. Well, you have correctly, correctly predicted that next question, which is what are the challenges and how can the association help address those or how can the association be more valuable to Angus breeders and our commercial customers? Sure. Uh, and that is, you know, one of the struggles that we all have is trying to figure out, you know, what do we really need to be doing uh, in terms of the data and, and how to breed these cattle for the next generation. And, you know, but this is a member organization and, and that's what we always have to remember is, you know, we've got cattle breeders that are anywhere from 10 head to thousands of head. And how does an organization like this fit the needs of all when we're a member owned organization with what 30,000 or 23,000 plus members, you know, how do you, continue to meet the needs of all those people. And I think that's one of the biggest struggles we have personally. And, and being just drawing on my other experience in the investment business for the last 35 years, I mean, that business for me, it's, it's all about service. It's, and, and that's what it is for the Angus Association is how do we provide service for everybody and do it equally and do it fairly and, and be there. And, and those are some of the struggles I think we all have. I mean, the association has done a great job over the years. I often use the association as an example of a company that did what they said they were going to do and was so good about returning phone calls and communicating back with the breeders as they were turning in information or weights or had questions or needed something corrected. You know, the association has always been very prompt and quick to to get that work done and it doesn't just stack up on somebody's desk until they get around to it. You know, so I think the strengths and weaknesses are all tied together. And when we consider strengths and weaknesses, that needs uh, folks willing to address some of those. So what characteristics and skill sets would you say you bring to the board or, and why did you decide to run this year? Sure. Uh, I guess it's been a long time dream to, of mine, even though I didn't know it in some ways to, to be on the board. Uh, you know, and I, I've enjoyed being on numerous different boards here locally from from the church to the Beef Cattle Improvement Association to the Cattlemen's Association to the Beef Improvement Foundation to, to a number of different boards. And I've just always enjoyed working with other people to, to problem solve, really. And I guess my leadership style would be a little bit more of the sit back and listen and just hear what other people have to say and absorb the information. I generally am not one to make decisions quickly. I like to chew on it a while, if you will, and uh, just give it some time to soak in and really think through the issues and how can we best resolve those issues or address those issues and, and just use what I call good old country common sense and see if we can, you know, find a way to, to make it work for everybody. You know, some problems, or, or problems that are not going to be solved. I mean, sometimes you just have to make the hard decisions that you're not going to make everybody happy too. So that's, that's part of it. And 
my dad was a, a great example for me uh, as far as leadership goes. He was even more quiet and reserved than I am. Uh, he would be the one that was served on a lot of different boards, but he would be the one that was very quiet and sit back and just listen. But when he finally spoke up and, and said what his opinion was, people did stop and, and listen and, and recognize that when he had something to say, it was something worth saying. And, you know, I hope that's kind of my style as well as, you know, I, I'm not one that's going to be just spewing a lot of facts and figures and trying to impress somebody with what I've got to say. I hope what I have to say is going to be a valuable input and help drive this organization forward. It's been a fascinating organization to watch grow over the years. And we've certainly had the, the talent inside the Ang Association to really drive this thing forward. And we've been very fortunate for the most part with the board members we've had over the years have done a great job of, of helping steer the organization. And I just hope I can help do the same. I'm glad to hear you talk about your you know, decision-making style and things like that. What do you think are some of the hard decisions future boards will need to make? Oh, you know, I guess one of the future decisions, and they've already made some decisions in this direction, but the hardest one for me thinking about that has been thinking about, you know, the gene editing. And, and I know that's coming down the pike and it's coming down fast. And I just don't know that we have enough information and that we know what we're really going to be doing when we start that process. It's, it's kind of scary to me of, of going down that road and, and making a mistake and making a mistake that's hard to recover from at some point. So I think that's the most difficult decision that they've got coming to them down the road. Great. Is there anything else that you would like people to know um, before the November's annual meeting? You know, I guess thinking about that, one of the hardest things and one of the reasons I think a lot of people don't run for the board is because it is, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult run. It's, it's putting yourself out there on the line and, you know, in front of a lot of people on a stage. And, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily want to do that. And certainly that would be the one biggest drawback to me is, I'm not very good at self-promotion. I'm not one that's good at talking about myself and pumping myself up. Uh, I don't really like to get on stage in front of a lot of people. And I, and I think that keeps good people from running for the board. Uh, but I understand. I mean, it's something you have to do and something we need to do. I mean, that's one of the hardest decisions as a delegate. I've been a delegate for a number of years, and, and my dad was a lot of years before that. And it's very difficult to know to get to know these board members well enough before you have to make a decision to vote on, you know, it's hard to get to know them well enough to, to know which one's the best ones to do. You know, it's, and, and you need a variety of different types of board members to really make it all work out well. But uh, I'll just say, I, I would love to have your vote. And if you give me the opportunity, I'll, I'll work as hard for you as anybody. And I'm here and open ears and would be happy to talk to any of you anytime that, have an issue or want to discuss beforehand or find out more details about what I do think and how I do hope to have an impact. Well, I know I can speak for the membership when I say that we appreciate all the folks who have raised their hand and said that they'd uh, throw their name into consideration. So I've enjoyed visiting with you and I'll look forward to getting to know you better in November. Great. Thanks, Miranda. It's always a pleasure.
Elections will take place during the annual convention of delegates, Monday, November 7th. To listen to all board candidate interviews, visit AngusJournal.net. For a full list of business items, visit AngusConvention.com. For the AJ Daily, I'm Miranda Ryman.